stand. It's our prayer of confession and receive the absolution from our Lord. Most merciful God, we confess that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated for the reading of Scripture.
The second lesson is from Romans 7, 1 to 13. Or do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives? For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. And if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions, aroused by the law, were at work in our members to, to bear fruit for death. To, sorry, were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it has not been for the law, I would have not known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, You shall not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me and through it killed me. So the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good. In order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel is written in the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 10, verses 34 to 42. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, 
and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. The word of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. Now, unfortunately, Kim can't be here today, so uh, we'll have to save up, and uh, next time, children's chat will be 20 minutes. No, will be, no, uh, just putting your legs. Uh, Kim can't be here, unfortunately, this morning, and I am not very good at children's chats. So, I'll address the kids somewhere inside the sermon. All right, kids? Not many of them are not saying anything. Okay. <laughs> Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me, says the Prince of Peace. In Exodus 20, the Lord puts it this way, Thou shalt have no other gods. In Deuteronomy 6, he expands on it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. What does this mean? We are to fear and love God and trust Him above all else. How are we supposed to understand Jesus' statements, statements? Statements that fall hard on the ear. What are you going to do about them? In other words, how are you going to apply them in your life? First and foremost, when God gave us His commandments, all ten of them, including the first that says we are to have no gods before His face, He actually meant it. He actually meant it. Idolatry, loving anyone as much as or more than God, is a sin. However, 
when we look around us, we find that nobody really takes it very seriously at all. You tend to think of idolatry in terms of pagan rituals in front of an ugly idol, a graven image. After all, there was no time in any of our lives that any of us did not believe in God and in His Son, Jesus Christ. Am I right? The shattering truth is that regarding someone as more important than God in your life amounts to idolatry, whether you accept that or not. To sinners like you and me, idolatry comes naturally. Money, honor, status, respect, admiration by others, admiration by your family, by your children. It's something one cherishes. Mind you, it's not that you should not love these things. Part of love is cherishing and respecting something that you receive. Appreciation is something God expects of you. Receiving something as from God's hands. That is good. That is perfectly in order. Because God entrusts it to you. Every good gift comes, through, comes down from heaven from the Father of lights, as James said. But there is a line which you should not cross. The moment a person or thing in your life becomes as important or more important than God, you cross over from thanksgiving, which is good, to idolatry, which is evil. The moment you cross that line, Jesus' words reverberate, You are not worthy of me. Aye, there's the rub. You know you are to love God, the Lord your God above all things. And you also know that this is where you fail most often. And this morning the word of God, the gospel, tells you that if you have ever in your life loved anyone more than him, you're just not worthy of him. The law condemns you as you are unworthy of him. Now there are people who are very familiar with feeling unworthy. Throughout the years they're told, you're not good enough, you don't make the grade, you're rejected, stay away from me for I am holier than thou. Your status is too low to move in our circles. And the very word of God to which that person turns for comfort says, if you love your family members more than God, you're not worthy of it, either. Can the law get any harder than that? 
When all else fails, you look to Jesus, hoping that he will accept you, to welcome you with open arms and a gentle smile, only to hear, you are not worthy of me. Why does Jesus do that? Why does Jesus say that? Is it to drive you to utter despair? Is it to drive you away? Praise God, neither of the two. Jesus' harsh words are meant to get you to realize that whatever false hope or false security you have in garnering acceptance with God is no better than quicksand. Oh yes, you need to despair. You need to despair in yourself. Oh yes, you need to turn away, not from Christ, but from yourself. You see, your only hope is in Christ. Your only hope is in His grace, His mercy. As we sing the glorious hymn on Christ alone, my hope is found. Psalm 14, Psalm 53, Romans 3. They all bellow at you, there is no one righteous, no, not one. No, you are not worthy of Jesus. You are not worthy of His love, you are not worthy of His mercy, you are not worthy of His forgiveness, you are not worthy of His grace, you do not deserve to be loved or accepted by the Holy Almighty God. Yet, here you sit in the house of God. What brings you here? What has happened? Despite all I have said just now, despite the law, God has redeemed you by the blood of Christ, His sinless Son, His beloved Son in whom He is well pleased. God gives you the fullness of His gifts of grace and forgiveness. God accepts you. That is the Gospel. In Christ, God has reconciled you with himself. You have been baptized into Christ Jesus. You know what that means? That means today and every day in fact God says of you who are in Christ, this is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Why on earth why in heaven, for that matter, would God do this? Because you have perfectly kept every iota and tittle of the law. Because you are worthy of His favor. 
Most certainly not. In fact, neither you nor I have ever done anything to deserve anything good from God. But Jesus has. It is Jesus who has loved the Father more than he loves anyone else. It is Jesus who has perfectly kept indeed every iota and tittle of the law. Okay, kids, this is for you. An iota, a yod, is the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And a keren, that's translated a tittle, is the difference between a Reish, sorry, a Reish and a Dalit. An R and a D. It's a little comma in the top left-hand corner of a letter. That's how small it is. Every tiny little bit of the Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous, has performed. Jesus lived a pure and righteous and perfect life. And what did Jesus do with that? He did that which you are perfectly incapable of doing and he ascribed it, he imputed it to you. He was perfectly obedient to his heavenly father in your place. And then Jesus took the punishment that you so richly deserve in your place. Are you worthy of Jesus Christ? Through the gospel of Jesus Christ, through his life and his resurrection, by virtue of your baptism into Jesus Christ, into the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, You are. In Christ, you are worthy of the acceptance of Almighty God. That is why God blesses you and keeps you. That is why God lets His face shine upon you. That is why God is gracious unto you. That is why God lifts up His countenance upon you. And that is why God gives you His peace. Because He sees you as He sees His own dear Son. Holy, blameless, spotless, even pleasing in His sight. We all know what happened in Isaiah 6. When Isaiah saw the Lord, he cried out, Woe is me, I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell among a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And the Lord said, he sent a seraph. Ooh, what's a seraph? A seraph is an angel with wings. Now, many of us think that all angels have wings. No, they don't. Two kinds of angels have, have wings. 
Seraphs, they have six wings each, and cherubs, who have two wings each. But that's just nice to know, not need to know yet. You'll recognize them when you get there. The Lord sent a seraph with a coal of fire from the altar to cleanse his lips, lips and to tell him, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then God asked, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? That was when Isaiah was able to reply, Here am I, send me. Later on, Isaiah would declare in Isaiah 61, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a wife adorns herself with her jewels. You are in the presence of Almighty God. Yes, you try to love Him as you ought, yet you know that you can never give Him the perfect love that He deserves. Yet, for the sake of His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, by the glorious gospel through the waters of baptism, you are worthy in His sight. Amen. Hello Kim, would you like to do the children's chat? Say again. Okay, fine. So the children's chat has arrived and will be delivered by the end of the service. Let us stand and confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated for the prayers. Beloved in our Lord Jesus, let us draw near to the Lord's throne of grace and pray as He has commanded us, trusting in the Lord to hear the prayers of His people and answer our petitions according to His mercy. O most merciful God, Lord of heaven and earth, we pray You so to rule and govern Your Church and all her pastors and ministers, 
that she may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, defended against all adversity and protected from all adversaries, that thereby faith may be strengthened and love increased in us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant health, wisdom and integrity to all in authority over us, especially to our Sovereign, Queen Elizabeth II, our Governor-General, Julie Payette, our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, the Canadian Parliament, our Premier, Scott Moe, the Saskatchewan Legislative Assembly, and all judges and magistrates. Endow them with your spirit and with respect for your word, that they would serve your good pleasure for the maintenance of righteousness and the punishment of wickedness, so that we all may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. According to your gracious will, turn the hearts of our enemies and make them to walk with us in humility and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant to those in trouble, want, sick, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, the healthful spirit of your grace for healing, strength, comfort, and relief. Bless especially those who suffer for the sake of your name and your word. Hear us also on behalf of Sarah Bickham, Melanie Dalton, Carol and Charlie Gibb, Carmen Abel, Brian Neufeld, Jan Wilson, Elwood Torbenrud, and Gail Hammerstrom, and those we name in our hearts. Give them courage to stand firm in their afflictions and patience until the day of your deliverance. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Preserve us from pestilence and every evil. Give to us favorable weather and cause the fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season and offer you praise and thanksgiving for all your goodness to us. Lend your blessing to all honorable vocations and honest industry, that we may serve where our skills and abilities may be of good use. Bless the arts and music, that we may please you and be encouraged by all that is good, right, true, and beautiful. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give to all husbands and wives grace to live together in love and faithfulness. Bless the homes and families of your people, that they may be places where your name is honored and love is nurtured. Give your special grace to the widowed, the orphans, all mothers with child, the aged and the infirm, that we may grant them comfort, aid and protection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. All these things for which you would have us ask of you, we pray you to grant us for the sake of the bitter sufferings and death of Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we are bold to call you Father, and in whose name we pray, 
trusting in your mercy and confident that you will give answer to our prayers through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now I ask that the collection plate be brought to the front and we stand and we sing, we bring the sacrifice of praise. Be the Light by Thomas Rhett. 
This song is filled with a powerful message that reminds us to live a life that God wants us to. And when you hear the lyrics, they'll make you stop, reflect, and remember that we are the ones who can make a change in this world that is rapidly changing around us. And as children, you have a whole lifetime to make a difference in this world that you're growing up in, especially when you have God at the center of your life. This song tells us to be kind and trust in God, that we're all the same and we need to love one another. And when your world is ugly, God wants you to shine with goodness. When you wrong someone, you need to apologize for your actions. God wants you to shine with his light and love unto everyone. When you see that there is no love somewhere in this world, that is the time that you need to especially stop and show your love and God's love to others. And when your world is busy and noisy, remember to stop and listen because God is listening to you. And as you go into this world, don't be afraid to be God's child. Just shine. Shine bright. Take the time to enjoy life. Live for God. Be filled with his grace. And remember, it doesn't matter who we are, where we come from. So love one another. So little children, as you continue to grow and change for Jesus, remember to be the light. Um, this is, I'm going to play a presentation of the pictures that the children have shared with me. I thought you all might like to see how these little ones have grown and changed and embraced this staying at home time. And I thank everybody who um, sent me pictures and especially thank the children for being part of my life.
children through this time. So I hope you enjoyed seeing them as much as I do and miss them as much as well. Thank you very much. Our announcements. Welcome back, everyone. It's wonderful to be here. Although we have to be apart. No, let us be close together spiritually, close together in love, and may God speedily grant that this, as one of the songs says, that this tyranny may be overpassed. Thursday at 2 o'clock is the Ladies' Bible Study at Agnes Murren's home, with Debbie as study leader. There are uh, copies of the study on the usher's table at the back. The Communion services are logistically a bit of a problem. When you want to celebrate Holy Communion, give me a shout. Uh, Wednesdays have been set apart for Communion. If you and your family want to come, you give me a call, tell me how many people will be coming, and we shall celebrate the Lord's Table. I'm reminded of Revelation 3.20, where the Lord says to a church, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. When you open to the Lord, He will come in and celebrate Holy Communion with you. We shall sing hymn 562, Be Thou My Vision, let us stand. Thank you. 
serve the Lord.